Hello and welcome to the Strictly Personal Podcast. I'm John Paul Batum, your host. Our theme, our message is intended to be a wide open forum, hopefully thought-provoking, but at the very least entertaining. My father, the late John Batum, Hall of Fame broadcaster, started the Strictly Personal Commentary Show back in the late 90s. This is my attempt to keep that going. Throughout the many podcasts, I will be highlighting different audio clips of his broadcast history. I hope you'll enjoy listening to that. Our commentary, relevant and interesting, all the while we will be hosting different guests along the way. All of the commentary provided is strictly personal. And with that, let's get started. Today, I've got joining me on a call our two longtime friends. Most of us go back to our childhood or teenage years and can think of the people that we were with at that time and have some very fond memories. Imagine some 40 years into the future to reunite and recall some of those days. Well, we're going to do exactly that. Ray Dubay, who's currently in Florida, and Wally Engelking and Perry Sound are going to join me on a call. These are two individuals that I met and teamed up with in my formidable years, and I guess this in this three musketeer relationship that grew around the around the construction. Pardon me of a legendary car, and you'll find out more as we get into that. So tune in and listen to that. But before we do, let's listen in on John Babb. The Argonauts, 19, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, 11. And we'll be back with a summary in one minute. You're listening to Canadian Pro Football from Toronto. Canada Life salutes the great ones, past and present, from the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Lionel Conacher, the complete athlete, played professionally in five different sports. Besides football, he excelled in hockey, basketball, lacrosse, and boxing. He could account for 15 points in a single Grey Cup game as easily as bucks with reigning heavyweight champion Jack Dempsey. In a Canadian press poll, Lionel was acclaimed the greatest all-round athlete and football player of the first 50 years of this century. Canada Life policy with cash values keeps you well-equipped for all the things you want to do. It's a good way to provide protection while you build money for the future. The Canada Life Assurance Company has been doing this successfully for 127 years. Some members of the Canada Life team serving you in Toronto are Hope Sue, Henry Kang, Don Morrison, and Ray Schock. Give one of them a call. DFDR Toronto, the voice of the big double blue. Adam along with Mike Wadsworth from CNE Stadium. Mike, a lot of people still left in the ballpark because nobody really was leaving this game. It boiled down to the final quarter of play. Hank Fulton just walked in and says he's got 78 million more combinations for us. Give him a microphone over a second, Bob, will you? Just, Greg, I, I don't want to go through 3,000 minutes of all your computations, but what are the situations now? Well, John, there are nine possibilities of uh, the way the East is going to finish. Uh, three of them still, Toronto is still at three of those nine chances to finish second, and they have three to finish uh, third and three to finish fourth. So it's Hamilton's odds of now, they cannot possibly finish second. Greg, does that mean Argonauts have a 67% chance of remaining in the playoffs? They have a 67 <laughs> chance. Uh, you know, there is, a, there is a chance that this may be the last time that the people in the South stands or watch the, the Argos in this part, because next year they'll be sitting out in, in the middle of the lake. Uh, but anyway, Hamilton's chances of finishing fourth are now six out of nine. Are you there? All right. My lovely bride's out playing tennis. She hasn't showed up yet. All right, I got I got I got Bert on the other end here. Now. Hey, Bat. Yep, you're my surprise guest, Wally Engelking, here with uh, Ray Dubay. <laughs> hey, Bert. Oh. Can you hear? Yeah. Hold on a sec, man. Where are you, Muskoka? Here we come, buddy. Living the dream. Living always living the dream. He's always living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, Ray? Hey, buddy. How are you? Anyway, so I'll just I wanted to st- I wanted to start off, Ray, because I wanted to go back a little bit before we get into some of our uh, juicier stuff in our conversation. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you: You grew up in Park Royal. Were you Were you always there, like from a baby onward? Um. Good question, uh, Mr. Batum. I was actually <laughs> born in uh, Toronto, and my parents lived in um, the, uh, the Beaches area. 
And then they moved when I was one, so I guess in 1962, they moved out to um, Clarkson slash Mississauga. Okay. You know. All right. And, um, and then I had never moved again from that point in time until I left the house. Wow. Simple story. So always a, always a, a long-term neighbor of uh, Mr. Wally Engelking. You guys well, the reason I didn't move is because I like Wally so much. He was a good pal. I didn't have any brothers or sisters, right? So, him and I, um, you know, we could tell each other what we felt and move on. Well, um, what did your, Ray, what did your parents do? What did, you, what did your parents do for a living? Uh, so, they were both laborers. My dad basically worked for Canada Steamship Line. Yeah and uh, maneuvered his way from Montreal to Toronto, and then they set up shop years and years ago, obviously, in uh, Fort Credit. They had a uh, facility there, and he worked out of there. That's why they moved out to um, Clarkson. Oh, yeah, so it was convenient. And then uh, my mom basically worked at Beckman Dickinson, which was on the South Service Road between Winchester, uh, sorry, between uh, Air Mills Parkway and Winston Churchill, and she probably worked there. Plus, she basically worked there 35 years. Wow. They had a manufacturing plant, making needles and other stuff. Are you, um, when did you start playing hockey? Because I know you had quite the hockey career, so I wanted to find out when exactly you started playing hockey. Probably at the age of five. So you're, you're got, you got a pair of skates, and your dad put, said, get out there, or what? Well, how'd that happen? Well, I don't know. They, I, so the story goes sort of like this. I was chubby at a young age, which Wally can attest to. <laughs> um, so I didn't, really, I didn't really meet you until later in life um, when we went to right. um, high school. But um, and I'm being an only child. I guess they wanted to put me in sports. And for some reason, my dad, he played no sports his whole life. Um, they put me in hockey. That's sort of how it started. So, uh, I guess I liked it, so they kept putting me in it. Yeah. Well, you did uh, You did really well. I mean, I think, uh, if I recall, you ended up playing with the Derbies in Streetsville at some point. That is correct. And did you go... Did you, you went to Cornell, did you not? Yes. And was that on a hockey Sorry. scholarship? Yes, it was. Okay. So uh, tell me a little so, bit about that. How did that all come about? Um... Well, you know, I, um, so long, Cole's Note version, I, one of the things you've got to realize is that um, we were Clarkson Blackhawks, and so I played for the same team my whole life in my minor hockey days. Um, we started off in House League, and I guess around eight, eight years old, they put uh, a couple of the teams in the, back then, the uh, MKHL, which is now the GTHL, and uh, we went into that loop, and we won our division championship the first year. And then we won it the second year, and then we moved up to what's now referred to as AAA and got our asses kicked. But we just had a group of guys that we saw live in the area. You know, there was no recruiting, you know, minor hockey like there is today or anything like that. And we had a coach named Ken Will who actually uh, taught Kathy and her brother at uh, Greenland. Oh, yeah. He was a teacher. He was also very involved in hockey, so he was involved a little bit with Streetsville. Um, anyhow, long story short, I went out for the Brantford Alexanders, who was going to play for them, and then I got a call from Streetsville Derbies to come out and play and showed up and made the team. And we won the Ontario Championship my first year. We had a great team the next year. Um, and I just had a bunch of schools that were interested in me from the U.S., which I knew nothing about at the time, what it meant. Hmm. That's sort of how it all worked out. Ended up going to Cornell, probably because it was only four hours from the house. And Kathy and I were trying to a thing, right, at the time. Yeah. So I wanted to see. My parents wanted me to be close to home as well. So it just worked out. Four hour drive, door to door. Wow. So and so what so tell me about what happened uh, when you after Cornell. Like where where like I kinda lost track of you at that point, so I'm trying to piece that together. Well, after, I fi- after I fixed your cars many times <laughs> for free. We're gonna come back to the cars in a minute. Um <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got a job actually with a pharmaceutical company called Allergan, and uh, you know I actually ended up in the territory before Kathy and I got married um, in Mississauga, which was great. Yeah. And then we got married about a year and a half later, um, moved into a house or a townhouse at the time, 
and they transferred me about within two years to Montreal. That's sort of where I had I kind of left home, and uh, I was in Montreal for two years with this company, and then I got transferred back. Okay. And uh, which is actually 1987 because my mom died in January. I asked to come back, but my mom was uh, fighting cancer, and uh, I came back in um, 1987. Okay. So they put me in a uh, national sales manager position at that time. How did you move from that into being the entrepreneur that you? became uh, over the last I don't know how many years uh, to such a successful how did you I'm move from that story so um, 30 I've probably been in the entrepreneur for 35 years now yeah. um, maybe not quite 30 but say 30 so what happened was I had left the first company I was with at many late years and uh, I wasn't going to leave but it just worked out that I left because I got heavily recruited by this company coming to Canada which was involved in uh uh, fertility products. So yes, I know everything about the female anatomy um, and how it works. And uh, that, that actually led me to an opportunity to start a warehouse business for them. So I sort of moved in from national sales manager slash director, whatever they called it, into uh, business development. And yeah. they were looking for they had, they had products that had to be stored, like they call it cold chain now, but two to eight degrees Celsius. And no one seemed to know how to do it very well. And so... I said, boldly enough, I said to my boss at the time, I said, what if I put a business plan together to see if I can um, maybe start that business for you? And he said, we'll put a plan together, and we kind of accepted it, and um, there you go. That's how it happened. What, what motivated you to do that, though? Like, you must have felt like you, you saw an opportunity well, that you th- figured you could impact, obviously. Well, so what happened was, when I was with this company, they really wanted me to come down to the U.S., and, you know, Kathy and, I always, Kathy and I always talked about going to the U.S. And then when Josh was born, so I was a third child, you know, we kind of said, well, maybe we don't really want to go down there at this point. So I knew when I kept saying no that the writing was on the wall. And I really didn't want to go and have to prove myself in another organization. So I thought this was a better plan if they accepted it. And they actually accepted it. And that's sort of how I spun out of the corporate world. So from there, the uh, the empire was born. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the intent of, uh, you know, really the whole idea was to just be able to spend more. I mean, I traveled a lot yeah. in Canada yeah. um, because of my role. And so I just wanted to be closer to the family and the kids. And, you know, when I started it, you know, was, my goal was to actually try to make as much money as I was when I was in the corporate world. Right. And life would be good. What, what, what do you think was the key to the breakthrough in that and having the success that you had in that? Was there, was there one moment that you can isolate back on and you go, well, it was because of this that really started to, to vault my, uh, you know, my, I mean, obviously you've accumulated some pretty decent wealth over the years and it's, it, it came from that moment. Well, there's a couple things in life that affected me that probably gave me my drive. One was when my dad, so when my dad worked for Canada Steamship Line forever, but obviously that was an industry that wasn't going to go on forever because they stopped moving product on boats. Right. And in 1972, they, uh, they basically went on strike, and then basically my dad, after 35 years, no longer had a job. And I sat there, and he was probably in his late mid to late 50s, I said, I'll never let a fucking company, sorry, I shouldn't swear, I'll never let a company <laughs> do that to me when I turn 60. So that was a little bit of a motivator. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, my, my hockey experience at Cornell was, was very good, but I did get sidetracked a little bit um, in terms of coach favoritism. Yeah. And I just said to myself at that point, I just said, you know, I'm going to always be in control of my destiny. And I guess those two motivating factors kind of gave me the drive to being being control of my own destiny. Right. Whatever that was going to be. Didn't know what it was going to be, but, you know, it was sort of the driver. And obviously, I didn't even, so the big thing for me is I, when I did all that, when I moved into my first job and put whatever money I had into it in my own company with another guy, I mean, I didn't even really think too much about risk. It was just about, you know, surviving and making a living. And I guess all those other motivations led to everything else. Right. But I'll have to tell you, it's also part of being around, having the right people around you. It wasn't all me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, uh, I know, uh, you know, going, uh, going back and uh, looking at uh, growing up, uh, you know, obviously Wally and you go way back uh, to days when, uh, you know, pre-high school, I kind of joined the scene uh, in the high school years. Um, I mean, we look, I look back and I go, wow, I mean, you know, you've, you've done incredibly well. So I commend you on that. You've done uh, an outstanding job in terms of your not only uh, your business life but your family life and everything else so that sounds great i wanted to obviously uh, bring wally on and wally engelkings joined us on the call and uh, i wanted to go back because i know when i first met you guys i think i met you guys in auto shop when i needed some work done on my car uh, something along those lines but <laughs> does that sound right or uh, you know we we connected uh, over the over i think the cars mostly at that time i know you and wally had, had grown up as childhood uh, friends down the street neighbors and everything else and then obviously you guys stayed in that neighborhood stayed to the going to the same schools but you guys also remained friends which was kind of neat not everybody does so you guys have remained friends for a lo- lifelong journey which is outstanding but I, I look at uh, when we met back then, and I remember Wally, uh, Wally's dad called us, I think, the Three Musketeers at one point because the three of us were on Wally's driveway, it seemed like, every day. Uh, either I can remember, here's what I remember, Wally, and you can attest to this. I remember us, uh, there'd be a 24 of uh, Molson Canadian or Export sitting on, <laughs> sitting on the driveway, and we'd be sitting, I don't know what, whether we were sitting on a log or something, but we'd be sitting around having our beers, and we're looking at the car and trying to figure out how we were going to turn this magic machine into something so wonderful. But uh, do you recall any of those days, Wally? Oh, God. You know what? We had a good childhood, man. Yeah. We all did. Um, I think some of that stuff there was, I know for me, um, my parents, you know, when, when, when I decided I wanted to buy this old heap of a junk heap of a car, my parents did it because really they knew that if I was, you know, concentrating and every thinking moment and every working moment and all my effort went into this, it was right in the driveway. You know, they could keep an eye on me. I wasn't getting (laughs) into trouble, man. And you know what? All the friends that used to come around and, you know, like either just sit and look and you and Ray would actually... Uh, you know, get into the work. And I remember Ray, like, you and I, Ray, we worked, like, in tandem together. And it was really, it was, you know what, it was really amazing at what we could accomplish. Um, So, for me, it was like, um, you know, I'm thinking, wow, you know, my parents are letting me do this. And then it wasn't until years later that, you know, they said, hey, if if we didn't let you do that, who knows where you would have ended up. And and I think that might be true because, you know what, we all, you know, stray away from the main path here and there. You know, at least I was under under the, under the, you know, sort of supervision. And you both know my parents, and they were, you know, quite liberal in their ways in that they really let us do what we wanted to. You know what, we drank there, we, were, we weren't even 16, you know, 17 years old. And, you know... It, it, it was no big deal. As long as you don't, they said, as, you know, whenever your friends come over and you guys want to go out, you guys go and walk. When you come here, you can do what you want, but when you leave, you're going to walk. When you go out and do whatever you do, and you're going to walk back home or take a cab. Right, so, yeah. You know what? They, um, they, there were some lessons in there that I learned about, you know, like not right away, but down the road, right? But uh, yeah. I tell you, Ray and I had, you know, we were quite intimate with that sort of stuff in a way that, you know what, we both loved machinery. You know what I mean? It, it really yeah. was something, eh, Ray? Yeah. No, and, you know, the only thing I got to say about that, too, is that, um, you know, I was distracted. I wasn't distracted, but I had, you know, this hockey thing going on. And, you know, yeah. pretty much in all my spare time when I didn't have hockey, I'd be with you doing whatever it was. Right? Yeah. And, uh, Wally got me a job, my first job at Canadian Tire. Oh, yeah. So I had some automotive ability and uh, worked in the shop. And we actually took that shop over because um, we were so good. Yeah, I remember that, actually, yeah. We, no, do, so we, would and, and we had a lot of fun there, too. And I remember at the time, Ray, we, uh, you know, we were changing oh, yeah. tires and balancing and all that. And what, what, what we worked on is a flat rate. 
So we didn't yep. get by the hour, okay? So we worked on flat rates. And between Ray and I, we were just pumping the cars through there. Like, we, we you know what? We were good, but, you know, it, it was hard work, too. But we weren't afraid of it. And we made a lot of money, man. Like, there were weekends that we worked, Saturday ends. Like, uh, I don't think Sundays they were open, but Saturdays, we'd make yes. a freaking killing, eh, right? Yep, absolutely. We would get some. We would get a cut of the dollar value or something. I forget what it was. Um, we got versus minimum wage. And, uh, we got who was the guy? Who was the guy that? Uh, who was our? Who was the guy who ran the shop? Can't remember his name. Though. That was his name was uh, Stewart. Remember Stewart? Stewart, a, a Scotchman. So we went to yep. we went to Stewart and said we want our own bay. He wants to work on Saturdays, and we basically pulled <laughs> the cars through. Like we could do a car. Like it was like actually. Moss, you know, uh, from Formula One racing pit stuff is how fast we can move cars. It actually goes beyond that because uh, you guys maybe didn't, I don't know how much you guys actually paid attention to this, but I would have because I was kind of the third wheel in, in your, all your discussions about the work that you were doing on the car. So what I found fascinating was was that Wally might come up with an idea. I think we should do it this way. Or Ray would come back and then Wally would always say, well, what do you think, Ray? And Ray would always go, well, I think we should do it this way. Do you guys recall how many times you guys would go bantering back and forth on, on a decision on a car? And ultimately, you guys came up with the best decision every time. You guys were a great team that way. You really were. Yeah. Depends <laughs> how many beers we had. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it was entertaining. You know, anyway. And, and, but, and you know, what I saying, Paul, um, <laughs> it, it even extends on, because we took Auto Shop, I think, right through to grade 12. Right? That's right. Didn't we? And we ended up going uh, to the uh, Chrysler Troubleshooting Contest, you know, representing the school. And... That was really, you know, like, wow, this is cool, you know, like, we're, we're, we're actually people who can think through all of these problems, and what, what you begin to realize, and, and, and Ray is the same way, um, you know what, when, when you have a problem, then you find the solution, and you know what, you have to go through this whole series of thinking, critical thinking, and, you know, inductive thinking, and everything else, and really, I, I have to say, like, in a, you know, like in a, I guess you could say an academic way, I had a hard time focusing. You know what? I was always all over the place focusing in academia because I could never fight my teeth into it and really, you know, really get a hold of it. Whereas in the practical side, like the automotive and electronics and, you know, all that stuff, it, it just came more naturally to me to, to cipher through, right? Yeah. Just quick. You know, um, on those two points you just made, we worked in tandem very well, and that's why we, um, you know, we did that. Uh, but we got selected in our class because we both, I think we both got 100% in automotive that year. That's when we brought the, uh, the yellow bomber in. <laughs> yep. Did everything to it. And uh, Taylor couldn't believe it, right? You said, yeah, you can come in after class and work on it. But, you know, we were like, I still remember to this day what we forgot on that. We would have won that competition. I, I know Wally knows what it is. You know what it is, Wally? That spark plug, it was misfiring. Jesus. <laughs> that champion spark plug. <laughs> we still have, we still have that baby humming pretty good, though. <laughs> I think I still have the spark plug. I don't know. But... Uh... <laughs> You know what? It was so. Let's go. Let's go back. Let's go back to the the the, uh, the Cheval. We always call it the yellow car because it it was it was not always that color. I think it was like a maybe a cream color. Right? Yeah, it was. And well, when it was rusted up and everything else. <laughs> yeah. And it ended up being primer brown. But, but let's go back, Wally. Where did you find the, Where did you find the car originally? Oh God, it was out in Oshawa, and you know what? At that time. Um, you know, as kids, we, we didn't really have a lot of resources. And actually, Ray, um, he got it. I remember Ray and I got our driver's license on the same day. I don't know <laughs> if you remember that, Ray. Like, I actually, actually don't remember it was the same day, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Ray's mom <laughs> took us to the MTO office right on the day that Ray turned 16. And uh, we both rode our 365, and then it was within a month after that we both had you know what, we, 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 we got started, you know, in this automotive thing really early on. But um, what was the question again, Paul? Well, how you originally got you the car, but... Oh, so, well, we found it in the paper time. somewhere. 
Yep, and we went, Ray, actually, I went out with Ray, and he, I think, I can't remember which car it was. It was either the blue one, the Fury, or, or it was the uh, green one. And Ray pulled it home. We had a freaking tote. We used a rope. We oh. just tied it with a rope. Yeah. And we were going along the That's, You know what? Along. I do recall that now. You guys towed it from Oshawa with a rope. Yeah, and, and you know what? The well, I mean, it wasn't even running, I don't think, when I got it. No. And it didn't have power brakes. So I don't know how we didn't smash everything up on the way home, right? But you know what? It's unbelievable what we did. Yeah. So it was you, like a three-hour drive. So you guys got it, got it home. You put it in the driveway. How quick did you get it up on the blocks and everything? I mean, it seemed like no time at all. Oh, so oh, about twenty-four hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got you this. Know what? You're Ray, good. Um, I have to say that you know Ray was um, he he wasn't just a you know like a bystander. He was actually like my accomplice. Without him, I don't think I would have done what I did. You know what I mean? Because I wouldn't have had that much enthusiasm. Like, Ray was always there, like, yeah, let's do this, let's do that, right? Yeah. And you know what? It was it was almost um, it was almost magic, really, the way it worked, because we were so enthusiastic about it. We didn't even think about, um, and you know, like anything else. We just couldn't wait to, to, to get keep working on it and when we took the engine out and like we we took everything apart like everything and we you know used wire wheels and scraped off rust and oh it just went on and on and on like i think about that now and i'm thinking i would never do that ever ever again in my life like i just couldn't fathom it right they do they do tv shows now for that you guys make good yeah. money. Like, yeah. We, we should get well, down to the bones. Yeah, yeah, you guys are the originals. <laughs> yeah. We're ahead of our time. Yeah. Well, I, I think I kind of found out about it. Yeah, go ahead. I attribute a lot of the uh, enthusiasm and the support from, from Ray. Because at the time, like, Ray, you were right into cars, too. And you know what? We, uh, I remember you had a buddy... Or you knew somebody, and I don't know how you knew him, but he was a few years older than us. And he used to go and race at uh, Cayuga. He had a, I think oh, it was right. a Chevy 2. Yeah. Do you remember that, Ray? Yeah, Ray. Yeah, that was something. Do you remember well, who? The guy's, name was, the guy's name was Vince, and he lived right down there on Brome's Grove, right around, right across the road from where uh, Good memory. Dave McRae used to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I remember him. Yeah. I had to think about that for a second, but um, that's sort of what... So I always wanted to go there and get a car and race in Cayuga. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, never happened. the inspiration... We just raced down the roads some, close by. Yeah. But somehow you knew that guy, and I can't remember how or where, uh, but, but he was a couple of years older, and you know what? We used to go down to his place and look at what he was doing, and we would just be like groveling, you know, like thinking, "Wow, wouldn't that be cool to do that someday?" <laughs> yeah, well, we were like spon- we were like sponges, though, right? Always willing to learn, uh, and we never we never took anything as a as something we couldn't do. Like I, we never really thought about, well, we think it's a part. What's going to happen next? We just fig- we would figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you know what? Right? We were talking earlier about. Ray, uh, about in your like business and, you know, seeing an opportunity and a way of, you know, getting involved with, you know, the actual, you know, physical side and, and sorting out how to, you know, get these controlled temperature environments functioning the way you need them. You know what? All that is all part of that critical thinking of it, it's got to do with physics and, 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 and you know, uh, that type of thing too, right? So... Yeah. You know what? It, yeah. it, it served you well. It really did. Your your way you think is is you know is in a way that you, you've actually made it really work for you in the end. So yeah, you know it's going to be more a big driver. I agree. Like I, you really have no idea. I got this beautiful house in Florida, but um, heater pump, which is on propane here, we don't have natural gas. It stopped working. Not now, but two or three years ago, and I figured out how to fix it. I went and got the part. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
that's just a, that's just who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just for, just for our listeners, I just wanted to say that the car in question is it was it was a 1968 Chevelle Malibu. Was that right? Is that that, that was what it was? And it had a three it had a 327 eight cylinder engine. And yeah. I, did it have anything else that was unique about it at the time when you got it? No, not really. I mean, it. it uh, I mean, the fact that it was a 327, and and you know, like even back in that in that time. Um, you know, like a lot of the, uh, what do you call the smaller, like, like the Corvettes and the Novas, the Chevy twos, and, you know, we're, we're coming out with big blocks in them, but a lot of them had, uh, the small block 327s in them and they were pumping like, you know, 450 horsepower. Right. But, um, you know, the 327 was a high, high revving engine that had a short stroke in it. Uh, whereas like a 350 has a longer stroke, more of a workhorse, more torque. But the, the 327, you know, like if you could, if you could get it running good, it was, it was a shining engine, you know what? And, uh, that, that's what appealed to me when I found this car out in Oshawa, right? Even yeah. though, you know what, Ray, let, let's face it. When, when I got that car, the thing was really a piece of junk. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. We, we, it, it, it really was nothing. It was something that really needed to be worked on for a year and a half. Yeah. Well, you know, and I know that uh, for for people that saw a lot of the end product, they, the people remember the car and they talk about the car. But you, the three of us saw that thing born literally from, as you said, you tore it right down to the bones. Started to even yeah. put in the, uh, you know, the rust proofing and everything and built the thing right up from scratch. And so we saw that thing go from... A to Z, and so we have so much appreciation from that car being born uh, into what ultimately was a pretty cool street machine. Um, yeah, and and so absolutely. if I yeah, so if I fast forward, how did we how how did we get to the color yellow, Wally? I think you were instrumental in that. Oh man, I just wanted a and and I call it very yellow. yellow. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. When I when I took it up to the paint shop, it was up in Newmarket because actually it was family friends that that uh, from up here that we had gotten to know you know from when we were little kids up here, and they had an auto shop, a uh, collision shop up in Newmarket, and I took it up there. And when I went up there, I didn't even pick my color. I just said I want a canary yellow. And when I went to pick it up, actually, me and Ray went up with we. Do you remember that, Ray? Yeah, I do. I do. When I picked it up and I saw it, it was absolutely stunningly beautiful. They did a beautiful job. And the first thing I yeah. did, we got out of the uh, uh, the collision shop, and I went out on Davis Drive, and I just was booting her, and I got a speeding <laughs> ticket, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. But then you had to go back up and get the vinyl roof put on, didn't you not? So, yeah, I think that's right, because they... they they ordered in the vinyl uh, top, but it, it they didn't get it right away. Yeah, because so I, I think I went up with up you on that again. trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something. I, I just can't quite remember, but... Yeah. Um, but you know what, Paul? I mean, it, it's all something that's, you know, it's something that we all sort of, you know, worked at, too. And even when... When when you uh, when you got bought the car off of me, you know what you did a tremendous amount of work too. And I remember working in your garage, and probably Ray does too. Uh, I think we changed the engine in it, and we put new springs in it, and did all kinds of yeah. stuff. Ray, were you? I remember the Batmobile before that though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that yeah. was cool too. Ray, do you remember? Were you with us when we went and bought the new engine for for the Chevelle? You know what? I don't think I was because I don't remember it. I, I would have known that. I would have remembered that like yesterday. Yeah. If I was there. I might have been busy with hockey or. Yeah, maybe. Right? Uh, so I remember Wally and I found an ad. He uh, was already in Cornell. At yeah. That oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Wally, I don't know if you remember, we we found an ad in the paper advertising about a motor. I guess the car had been in an accident. They just wanted to sell it for parts, and there was an engine in there, and they advertised it as a three hundred two. Do you recall that? 302 was in a Ford family. Uh, 302s were, they were Chev engines too. Oh, were they? 
Okay, I thought yeah, that's, you thought it was a rare, yeah. there were rare three hundred twos were rare Chevy engine, and you thought well, like you thought that's what we boss, might might have got. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And no, come on, Walter. Come on, Work with me. Well, and that Chevy three hundred two was actually um, had a two uh, two eighty nine crank in it, and it had uh, the same size. Uh, diameter pistons as a 327, but yeah, board, it was a super high revving engine because the stroke was even shorter than the 327. They were a little powerhouse once you got them up to 5,500 RPM, provided you didn't blow them up. <laughs> but, but Paul, you ended up, it was a 350 you got in that engine, and it was a beautiful engine, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, there was some, and we did, yeah, we did some, we did some really nice things to the car, and uh, you know, uh, put some uh, uh, nice wheels on her, and we got it looking really good as well. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. As you know, when that car first evolved, the day we drove it down uh, the 401 with a tow rope in Oshawa, <laughs> you know, there was, only, there was only a couple of shoemakers working on that baby for the first two years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we had no idea what we were getting into, did we, Ray? No, I said they go, we were cutting out quarter panels, <laughs> welding in welding in new quarter panels in the back end. I'll never forget that in the shop, but I'm going like hey, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then grinding the metal, right? I mean oh, yeah. oh, wow. it was it was you know what, it took up it took up, like I said, I know it kept me out of jail when I was a kid, for sure. Yeah, it kept you out of jail, almost put me in jail. Sit <laughs> <laughs> on the other side. Hey, Wally, who was the guy we were racing down um, Lakeshore? He had a uh, Cuda. There's a guy from Clarkson. Oh, no. And we just showed up somehow. Oh, was it was the one, was it the Duster or the Cuda? Oh, I mean, it was a, I mean, it was a Duster. Oh, but it was Foston. Like a it was Foston. 27 or something. Who was it? Yeah, Chris Boston. We were... Um, he had the 340 we were, Duster. Uh, we took off from basically Clarkson Road. I think and that's I who you're thinking they, about. They showed up to us, or we showed up to them, and we just did the look, and we flew, and we got the Jack Dowling Park, and the light turned red, thank God, oh, that's we had to all slow down. Sparks... Actually, he blew something in his engine, remember, Wally? I, don't, I remember this like yeah. yesterday. And yeah, uh, he, we slow down, he beat, he beat and then there's a cop him, coming right. the other way, approaching the the, uh, the light. Yeah, we'd have been but he in beat jail. Us. He beat us on that race. Yeah, he did. Yeah, the the one the one thing that we never did get at the car get on the car that needed that car needed to be a real. Uh, was the was the track bars at the at the back because the thing oh, just yeah, jumped yeah. like crazy. That's right. Jump, yeah. yeah. And so you couldn't come out of the hole the way you wanted to. So the rear end is that came out of Metro Ray when we went up to that. Uh, oh, I know exactly where it was. When Winston Churchill, farm. the road was dead. It was yep. a little farm there. Time, buddy had it sitting in the yard, and you said, "I think there's a posy rear end here. We're going to get." Man, we we had to carry that thing. It was the only thing ever lifted. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it was from a, a 1965 Beaumont. That had That's a 409 right. yeah. in it, and actually that rear end so, was was narrow. Was it 323 so, or something ratio? Or? Uh, it was a 323 ratio, yeah. um, and it had, uh, but it was narrower than the than the stock Chevelles. So so the wheels actually ended up hiding in the wheel wells. You know what I mean? So yeah. it had nice deep dish rims on it, but they were tucked in. And that was something that was kind of unique after the fact when it was all done, right? Well, the other thing that was unique was the exhaust coming out in front of the wheels. Whose, whose idea was that? Well, I think that just came about because uh, it was the quickest and easiest thing because we, we ended up um, yeah. with the headers on it. You know what? It would have been, you know, to sneak all the exhaust up around the axle would have just been an extra cost for me at the time. So we yep. ended up putting, you know, like I think it was cherry bombs on it, right? right? And uh, and we just bent, got pipes bent forty five degrees out, and they came out ahead of the uh, ahead of the wheels. Yeah, that was yep. pretty cool. But it's still certified, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whether, whether the guy let it go or what, I don't know. Man. Hey, we, hey, we didn't have we we didn't have a catalytic converter on that thing, did we? 
No way. No. <laughs> Well, no, it would have. I think if it did, it would have choked itself. <laughs> straight pipes, straight pipes made it off the headers. Well, I remember one time I had it in the garage, Ray, and I wanted to take it out for a boot, and but we didn't have, we hadn't put the exhaust manifolds back on it, so I had it just the open headers, and I <laughs> had oh. head gaskets, and I took it around this, and this, and the fire the sparks were coming right out of the wheel wells in the front of the car. <laughs> the neighbor, neighbor was, neighbors were going crazy. Uh, yeah. And the sound was unbelievable. Oh. Wow, those were the good old days. Yeah. You know, yes, they were. I, that, that was so much fun. Um, and I remember, too, uh, at the time, because my parents were, my mom was up at the cottage all summer anyway, and my dad, he was working all the time, and then he'd go up every weekend, and then he was up for his two or three weeks holidays in the summer. So... It ended up that all those car when you know when we took all the and called the car parts out and everything. Remember, it was all sitting in the living room of my house. Yeah. And I remember my brother. Um, my brother, he you know ended up. Him and I got into a fisticuffs over because he wanted to have some friends over to party or whatever. <laughs> he said, get all your get all your shit out of here, man. I want to you know have some friends over, right? Yeah. But I remember that. It was all over the living room, like in boxes. And I remember we had, you know, tagged everything, right? So we know, okay, this That's goes right. here, that goes there. Just unbelievable. Wow. You know, when we were like 17, 16, 17, 16 years old, we started that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, it was... Uh... Yeah, it was good times. Yeah, it was amazing, and uh, it did, and it, I mean, these are these are fond memories that obviously the three of us still have to this day, and and uh, yeah. we'll always treasure. Now, you know what? I've always looked. You know, I mean, through the throughout my life, I would have loved to, you know, have done something like like that again. But I, it just I've never had the opportunity, right? But you know, just for nostalgia. It, I mean, I'd never start on something like that ever in my life again. But you know what? It'd be nice to maybe get something halfway in between, you know, that you can sort of, you know, start with that's in not too bad of a shape and just sort of tinker around on, you know, like that would be so much fun. Uh, and Ray, we've, we, you know, we've talked about this too. And, you know, Ray's got oh, yeah. this beautiful garage in Clarkson and he's got a lower Slobovia in there. And, you know, you, you, you can do so much in there, but. You know, we're not making time for any of this, right? But maybe, maybe no. in time we will have some time. Who knows? And you know what, Ray? I remember in the summer uh, when you popped by here, and you know we were talking, and and your car, um, your your, I believe it's a BMW. Yeah, BMW M6. That's right. And I I remember you saying. Yeah, you know what? I, I I really like to you know I'd really like to be able to you know have a little hobby car that I can you know work on. He says, Ray says I can't even, I don't even know where the spark plugs are on this BMW. And he says even if I did, I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to change them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just hilarious, yeah. you know. And that's yeah. you know it's not like opening up a classic car's hood now, you know, and seeing all the parts there, right? You can get at everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, now, it's all electronics now too. Right? Yeah, so now you look at a car engine; it's not even the same. Yeah, that's right. When we diagnosed cars in our day, it was all troubleshooting. Oh yeah, they didn't have the technology. Now it's that. all computer. Yeah, no, it was all it was all you know mechanical over electrical, right? And and it was so and nobody nobody that. nobody even knows what a timing light is anymore on the flywheel. Oh no, no. Well, if you got an no, M six. Ray, if you've got an M6, it reminds me. A couple summers ago, I was uh, I had the uh, opportunity to race uh, the Canadian Tire Mosport track, and I had the chance to take an M6 around that, and that was a lot of fun. I think you'd enjoy that if you haven't done it already. Well, so a uh, guy that played hockey with us, like your brother plays, Perry, uh, Rob Worstrow. Well, you know Worstrow. Yes, yeah, I know Robbie. He's a neighbor to yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Robbie's the general manager, right, of uh, BM, Bud's BMW. Right. He's the reason I got that car. But anyhow, um, I was supposed to go to that track last year, and I couldn't make it. So I said, I'm in this year. And then I got the email, and I guess I waited two days to say I'm in, which is this summer. And he said it filled up. So I said to him, I said, well, you're the general manager. I'm sure you can figure out a way to get me in there. 
just to bring the car there and yeah. Get oh, the spin. yeah if you get a chance ray you got to do it it is just fantastic it is so much fun it's yeah. like uh yeah it's a yeah it was definitely my, uh, my best my best dream about that is i drove some cars in um in vegas they have a track uh, it's a mile and a half track and you basically go there, they put you through some training and all that. Yeah, blah, blah, similar. Blah. Yeah. But you can drive uh, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, yeah. um, R8s, and all that. So I drove, actually, quality, I drove three cars. I drove a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, and an R8. Yeah. Um, yeah. The most amazing car was the Ferrari, the 400. Um, but you never, you didn't even have to touch. So I got air up to about, like, in the straights, I probably got up to 160, 170. And you barely have to touch the steering wheel. It's incredible. You just use the paddles, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, an experience that you cannot words can't describe. It just once you've experienced it, you just yeah, it's just mind boggling how how much fun that is. Well, it's just technology nowadays, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, we digress. I didn't mean to steer off on that, but you're when you mentioned you had an M6, I didn't realize that. I I had the pleasure of driving one of those. That's a nice car to to. That is not that's not a sedan, by the way. If anyone's thinking. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, not a family car. No, no. Oh, so you got the vaccine? Uh, the Moderna one, so I got to wait four weeks for the second one. They dropped it down to 60 and older on Monday last week. I Excellent. snuck in there because I'm in my 60th year. Yeah, yeah. Kathy is 61 now because her birthday was in January. And, uh, yes, we both got them done. So it'll be nice to get a little so. bit uh, comfort and might get you back to somewhat normal life, I guess. Wally, I know you're. Yeah, well, it just gives you, it just gives you a sense of security. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. When 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 are you guys coming back to to the north? Um, right now, the plan is to um, leave around May 9th. One, well, you guys don't know this, but so my son Josh, who's my outdoor kid, right, lives yeah. on the west. Yeah. He won a lot. He won a lottery thing where he got the rights to do 21 days in the Colorado River. You know, where, uh, awesome. what am I thinking of? We're uh, in Arizona. Oh, wow. Grand Canyon is. So all his buddies bailed on him. They were all experienced rafters because of this bullshit going on. You know, when he tried to travel back to Canada, you got to spend 14 days, days in a hotel, pay yeah. $2,000, all that crap. So I said, well, why don't you get your brother to go, which is Kyle and my son-in-law now, married to Santa. And basically, my son-in-law can't go. Kyle can go, and so I volunteered to go. So I'm doing that for 20 days. Beautiful, right? Jeez, that sounds amazing. <laughs> How crazy is that? Hopefully, I'll be back. Oh. Hopefully, I'll make it through and come back and uh, be able to work on cars. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I couldn't help but hear a banjo in the background, but no, I'm just kidding. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a pretty great time. Like we, yeah. we ended up using an outfitter. They give you everything, right? Yeah, All the yeah, gear, yeah. Um, the food, everything. So oh, that sounds like, amazing. Pretty experience. So. Yeah. Is, so. Hey man, that's an opportunity of a lifetime there, right? Well, that's that's basically it, right? So. So when will that uh, be? In June know, or May? You're, you're spending it. You're doing no, it. Leave it. I leave on. Leave on April fourteenth. Oh, you go on April fourteenth, and then you'll come back after that. So I get back on May fifth, and then. We'll come back to Florida for another four or five days and then drive home. Drive home. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys are going to drive. Yeah. We have our, our SUV here. Yeah. Well, you, hopefully you guys get back soon. We miss you. We'll have to have another get-together. So, um, well, I'm looking forward to get back when I get back. Hey? What are you doing then? You're going to, you're, uh, things are okay? You're up in Perry Sound and things are good? Oh, yeah. I've been working on my house for the last two months, uh, um, hey, yeah, just yeah. I did did hardwood all upstairs. Uh, now I'm I, I'm all done the trim upstairs. I'm in the middle of my trim downstairs, retrimming everything out. Um, yeah, so I'm just taking advantage of some time that I have off right now. Um, sort of what I do, right? You, you paint you, you paint the trim before or after? <laughs> uh, it's all done beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. And I, I said this to Wally when we got together last time, you know, and unfortunately we had separated for a number of years. And then, you know, with that, Wally's dad passing, you know, it kind of struck me pretty hard that I got to see him again. But, you know, Wally was like a brother to me, right? Just because we lived three houses apart and we lived basically in the same neighborhood for 
20 years, right? It's through our whole team. So, oh, yeah, well, you, you know, know what, our, a big part of our childhood was spent together, man. Yeah. We, we, you know, we so did, Batman, I mean, if, you're, if you're still recording, um, the only thing that I never knew, and I don't know how he did it, but somehow he stole my favorite um, um, car that we used to race all the time in the basement at my house on a, uh, on a uh, racetrack. Yeah. And he's got it, he's got it in a little, uh, a little championship kiosk cabinet so it doesn't get any dust yeah, on the court, but I'm going to race him and next time I'm at his place I'm racing him again See, hang on a minute you're telling me that Wally has that car he stole off of you when you were a kid we did, I did steal it the little racing car I couldn't believe it we set this track up on Ray's uh, dad's <laughs> pool table right and one summer like it was like we were, I can't remember how old we were, Ray, but we maybe about 13. And we were in grade seven, I think it was. And that summer, I set the track up on Ray's dad's pool table. And we raced there. And, like, I remember Ken Gillies and Dave Francel and all those guys used to come over all the time. <laughs> and we used to race. And, and it was so much fun. Ray went out and bought this Corvette car from like the you know hobby shop, and after the end of the summer, of course, you know what I packed up the race set and took it home. But at the time, and I do remember this, I bought the car back off you, Ray. I didn't steal it. <laughs> oh, too funny. <laughs> even even though even though you might have felt a big sense of loss when. You know, that track went back home and packed it up and everything else. Um, but but I still have that car. I know. So you're, you're telling me almost 45 years later, you guys get together, and Wally, you recreate the track, and there's and there's Ray looking at this car going, are you kidding me? <laughs> I know, exactly. And that's what he did this well, summer when he came by. believe it. Oh, my God. That's too funny. And, and you know what? The only thing is with that, with that yeah, car, Ray, and I think I told you, the front bumper was was no longer on it. So I found another one identical, almost identical to it online on eBay, and I bought it. And it has a front bumper on it. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Uh, great yeah. stories. That's unbelievable. We, maybe we should paint it so it looks like the original. So, That's awesome. So you know what? Good All stuff. this car craziness, Ray, that we had when we were kids, so some of that car craziness came out of that HO car race set that I had. You know what? Because we were like 13 then. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Hey, I got an idea. I got an yep. idea. We, you know, it's going to be it's going to be next to impossible to go and recreate the uh, the days of the actual street rods. So maybe we get our own little cars that we create and we erase them. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? That would be so much fun. Yeah. So you guys need to go online and go and find get, you know, get our own cars. Okay, you heard that, that's right? Get your own cars, soup them up, and then come up here and we'll race them. <laughs> All right. I already have a actually I already have actually my car's sitting in the Wally Museum. It's over there. <laughs> He's got his send me the brand name Wally, I'll have to go and find one. Yeah, I'll do that, Paul. Oh god. <laughs> Maybe you can find a Chevelle. Yeah, I'm gonna I will. I'll definitely make sure if it isn't a Chevelle, I'll paint it and make it look like one. The best part and you know what? For over the years, I've been looking for a '68 Chevelle, and they never made them. They ne even the all the like all the die casters I know. and all those. They never made a '68. The '69 or the '70, but never the '68. You're right. Exactly. Or you can find a '67, but you'll never find a '68 with you know just the straight uh, uh, back uh, oh. tail lights. Yeah, you got it. Why don't we try and plan? Do you know where all the spots up there, but? I know uh, Dwayne's, it's a whole other conversation about cars, but um, <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne likes to fish, so we should do a, um, like a, I don't know, go fishing nearby or wherever you think we should go and get Batman, me, and Dwayne. Even if we just get together, I think that would be awesome. You know what? I'd be happy with that. Um, yeah. You know what? And you guys are all welcome, you know, up here to my place, whatever, whatever suits you. Um, on that note, we'll wind uh, we'll wind right. this up, and I really appreciate you guys joining me on the call, and uh, look forward to 
hopefully in a few months we're, we're getting together and either fishing or doing something. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I love fun you both, man. It's been great seeing right. you. Thanks, Wally. Right, Thanks, guys. Ray. Be, be safe, both of you. Take care, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Smile for the